Hey, welcome to Toecast. Um, today, let's talk about the great price per pound debate. Why do people get so married to one system or the other? I know why I'm not married to price per pound. The debate has been going on for, what, 20 years now? It seemed like this great new system we could use. It would simplify billing. Uh, I beg to differ. Uh, after trying to use it for about a year or two, it caused nothing but problems, uh, nothing but arguments. Insurance companies look at it right off the bat as something strange, unknown. Uh, they they always seem to have a problem with it in questions. And why invite that into the into the subject of getting a bill paid? Everybody seems to understand hourly. Nobody seems to understand price per pound, which is very odd. You you'd think it'd be easy to understand. I mean, anything anything you buy in the grocery store, most of the units are per pound or per ounce. You mail something, it's per pound, per ounce. Ship it, anything. Launch a satellite into space, they pay per pound to launch that stuff. So, I mean, it's it's not by any means a new concept. I guess just in our world, applying that concept has been challenging. Uh, I've had a couple of experiences with trying it. It's never, never really been a good one. What what ends up happening? What happened with uh, the couple of situations I tried? Uh, people want to argue about the pounds. You're gonna argue about a pound. You're gonna charge by the pound. Tell me how many pounds it was. You're saying you're charging by the pound. Uh, the the one the one situation I'm aware of. There was a guy. He got sued. He got sued in superior court in his state for fraud. What's the fraud? Well, he billed for 80,000 pounds for a uh, overturned tanker. And the insurance company sued the wrecker service for fraud because they agree the scale ticket was right at 80,000, but the truck tipped over. There was minimal spillage. Out of this tanker. Uh, one of the manholes leaked. Uh, a petroleum product came out. Not very much. Nobody really knows how much. Maybe 20, 30 gallons leaked out. The company itself came in and did the cleanup. So the record service hands a bill for 80,000 pounds. They filed a lawsuit based on fraud because it was no longer 80,000 pounds. Even though the... The record service had a policy in place where anything unknown, I forget how they put it. I think it was an unknown weight believed to be above 60,000 would automatically be billed at 80,000 unless someone had a scale ticket proving otherwise. Obviously, there's no scale ticket on this truck that flipped over and lost some product. So they were following what they thought was the I don't know, industry standard, because I remember something in the old price per pound books or, or you know, the rate sheets. There was something in there about uh, loaded tractor trailer, unknown weight, billet automatically at 80,000. Well, that's where the fraud claim came in. You're billing for 80,000. You handed us a piece of paper saying you're billing us so much 
per pound for 80,000 pounds. It was not 80,000 pounds. Therefore, your invoice is fraudulent. You are trying to overcharge us. And if I remember correctly, everything kind of came out in the wash. The, the trucking company had done a few things wrong. The insurance company had done a few things wrong. Um, the record service never, you know, they never admitted to doing anything wrong because they really did not believe they did. But if I remember, the whole thing kind of came out as a wash in the end. Nobody really won anything. It just cost everybody, each party, probably 20, 30 grand in attorneys and court fees and all that. So for that wreck, did you make any money on it? You want to argue about pounds? Now you can argue time. You were out there for a certain amount of time. Very easy to verify these days. You've got GPS, you've got time-stamped photos on your phones. Time is very easy to verify. Pounds? Not so much. So we're back to dealing with, uh, you know, what is what is better? The, the debate came up on Facebook again this week. And you get these guys that are married to this price per pound. And their argument is, well, their argument always seems to be, well, we're buying all this equipment. It's really expensive. We're doing the jobs faster. If we bill by time, we're screwing ourselves. Not if your rates are correct. If your rates match your expenses, and that's how everything is, is figured in the world, right? You take your expenses, throw a little bit of profit on top, and that's your rate. If you know, if you have a good idea what your costs are, then you match your rates. Uh, then almost immediately the four hour minimum thing comes into play and you've got guys saying, I'd rather argue pounds over why I'm okay charging a four hour minimum. Well, what are these companies doing? They're more or less renting our services, correct? And if they want $2 million of machinery and trained operators to go out to the scene, they're going to have to pay a minimum to get that shit out there. You, I think it's a lot easier to argue that four-hour minimum, especially when the entire rental industry, they're renting us. Anything we rent is going to be by time with an, a four-hour minimum. Go, go to your local equipment rental store and tell them you want to rent something for 45 minutes. It's only going to take me 45 minutes. i got to trim one tree. Let me, let me rent that. Let me. Well, no, that doesn't make any sense. You're gonna rent. You're gonna buy a chainsaw at a rental store and rent it to a guy for three dollars and fifty cents because it's only gonna. No, you're gonna rent the freaking chainsaw for half a day because that's all that makes sense. You can get it for a whole day. You can get it for a weekend. You don't. You know, if you run out to something, you run two, three million dollars of equipment out. Four or five guys out there to the scene. And you're done in 45 minutes? Nobody expects you to do all that for friggin' $800. It, it's, it's so much easier to explain, so much easier to deal with. And, and people, for some, for some reason, I don't understand. You know, if you bring your car to a shop, it is another argument for the minimum thing. You bring your car to the shop, you've got book time. That repair is in the book. For eight hours. You're going to pay that eight hours. Regardless of how long it takes that mechanic to do it. 
If that mechanic chooses to get the training and buy the special tools and the special equipment to where he can knock that eight-hour job out in two hours, guess what? You're still paying for eight hours of labor, and he is also getting paid for eight hours of labor. All right, so this this whole minimum time thing, minimum charge, uh, being charged for what you know and what you do, you know, or charging for what you know versus how long it took you, it surrounds us. It's everywhere in our lives already. So I don't understand the guys who make that argument that, oh, it's so hard to justify a four-hour minimum. No, it's not. Go rent a freaking crane. Go, uh, shit, go rent anything. There's going to be a minimum time. You can't walk in and, and just name your time. The insurance companies and the trucking companies shouldn't be able to come in and tell you how much they're going to pay you. Uh, you know, we think that took too long. I don't. I mean, who's to say? It goes back and forth, you know? And uh, I heard another interesting argument this week. I actually saw where a insurance adjuster said they would not pay for headset use because headsets are a reusable item and can be used scene after scene. This is what they based their refusal to pay on. You can use headsets again and again. Therefore, we don't pay for them. Mm, uh, I use the same wrecker scene after scene. I use the same personnel scene after scene. I use the same headset scene after scene. But much like my equipment, my skid steer, my wreckers, uh, there is upkeep, there's maintenance. There's replacement costs. It's it's identical. It was it was. There was like one sentence saying we'll pay you for these, but hey, we're not going to pay you for those because they're reusable. And the things they listed that they were willing to pay were all reusable items. It was all equipment that you use scene after scene after scene. Um, th- then then they start referring to industry standards. We're only going to pay this much because industry standards are at 20%. You've got this markup at 40%. We're not going to pay that. We only pay industry standards. Where are these industry standards? When I saw that, I searched and searched and searched on my Google machine for industry standards. Industry standards in towing for markups for other services, products, supplies, subcontractors. Now, a couple of states have these these markups regulated. I think Florida, if you use a subcontractor, you could charge 25% on top. I may, I may be off, but it, it seems like I remember that conversation with somebody down there. So we're at least at 25%. And I think that's low because you're, think about it. Let's say you're calling a vac truck out to suck some fluids out of a drain pipe. You're on, you are now, the second you make that phone call, you are on the hook for that expense. You didn't spill the fluids. You didn't put them down in the drain pipe. The trucking company did. But there is no rule, no law, no anything stating that that trucking company has to pay you before that bill comes due for the VAC truck. So you've got thousands of dollars out to a subcontractor 
sitting there hoping, praying to get paid. You don't even know you're going to get paid. Yes, I know there's some of you out here that claim you get paid on every wreck. Bullshit. You know it. You don't get paid on every wreck. Nobody gets paid on every wreck. Um, so why why should we be limited? I mean, if you take out a, a, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something you get charged. It's not really interest. Hey, I guess it really is. They're borrowing your money. You're putting your money on the line. You're responsible for a bill to clean up their mess, yet there's nothing saying when or if they have to pay it. So you may hold on to it. Come on, it's not unusual, three to six months to try and work out charges on a wreck and get paid for it. I bet you had to pay that back truck in 30 days. So now let's say say you had to pay, let's just say 10% interest. That's not unreasonable. Every month on that? I mean, it stacks up pretty quick. I, I think it's, I think you can easily justify a 50% markup when you are talking about subletting any kind of work on a rec scene, any kind of cleanup. Uh, some states, some states now I see are saying you can't charge for a skid steer, you can't charge for a sweeper unless you subcontract and then you can mark it up 25%, 30%, 40%, whatever. So if you do the work, screw you, you don't get paid for it. Subcontract it, now you can finally make some money off of it. So if that's how those guys have to make their money and make their profit, then aren't they a lot more likely to subcontract and and do that markup that they're allowed? Um, But anyhow, for an insurance agent or not an agent, an adjuster to say, well, we only pay the industry standard of of 20%. Show me the documentation that says industry standards are 20% markup. Insurance companies can't, they cannot create an industry standard for the towing companies. Now, if you've got, I mean, an industry standard comes out of how things are normally done and things are charged and billed and collected so much differently from the Northeast to California, to the Northwest, to the Southeast, you know, everything is so much, there's so much uh, difference region to region in towing and how things are charged and how things are built out that there, there is no industry standard. You might be able to say in um, Los Angeles, there's a standard. You might say in New York City or maybe tri-state area, New York City, Connecticut, New Jersey... Maybe there's a standard up there, but when you take it and claim that it's a national standard, you're now sounding kind of silly when it comes to towing because we can't even, like we already discussed, we can't even decide how we're going to bill shit. Are we going to do pounds, hours, minimums? What are we going to charge on markups for, for subcontractors or, or rented equipment? We can't even come up with an industry standard on that. And you're going to tell me there's an industry standard somewhere for what a markup should be. So I think these insurance companies look kind of foolish. And when you have these conversations with these insurance people, I hope it is either recorded or by email. Uh, They will lie. They will lie, lie, lie. 
I hope you have a record of every conversation when you're trying to collect a bill. Um, that's about all I got. Uh, love to know. Uh, I'd love some feedback on price per pound or what you think about this this discussion. Uh, I, I'd love to know why you're so married to it because the guys that come on Facebook and defend it just just really go over the top uh, to defend their side. Love to hear why I don't I don't get it. I wonder how much is you know you could write a price per pound bill in about five minutes, and a good detailed recovery invoice with a narrative and photos is probably going to take you an hour to two hours in most cases to write. So how much of it is just laziness? Are you guys are you price per pound guys getting lazy? Yeah, get lazy. Anyhow, I'm out of here. Tommy T Truck at gmail.com. Tocast. It's Facebook page. And Tommy Tow Truck is also on Twitter. I will talk to you next time. Thank you.